Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, the podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, Gareth Jones, who is the Managing Director of Income Training and Business Services. Welcome to the show, Gareth, and how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me on. Jeff, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. You're very welcome. I know you're, uh, you've been really, really busy uh, just recently with the launch of the new facility at Telford, which I'm sure we'll get to talk about in a second. But just to give the, uh, the listeners and uh, any of the viewers uh, a bit of an overview, you know, we've got this backdrop of the, the shortfall of skills today. Um, UK manufacturing requires a bigger take up of apprentices. There's, you know, there's been a, a drop um, recently. You know, we've got to meet the demands of future business needs as well as the current shortages as well. Um, apprenticeship take up levels. They're, they're behind where they were pre-COVID, which is a bit worrying. There will be reasons behind that. We've got an ageing workforce, you know, from my own perspective. I, I just, I, I'm a firm believer in it. You know, it's absolutely crucial to capture and transfer that that really rich knowledge, um, skills and experience uh, and ensure that it's passed on to the next generation. So for businesses, um, Gareth, what, what first of all, apprenticeships, what are the main benefits to investing in apprenticeships yeah so i mean for any kind of any any economy to be strong it's got to be making products and i think that has been proven time and time again during the late 90s early noughties there was a massive focus around service sector within the uk um yep. slot demise in manufacturing um however that's that's been brought back to the forefront uh, we had a skills gap because of that and the refocus away from apprenticeships and engineering manufacturing, which has been exacerbated but post-COVID, by COVID. Yeah. When you've got 50-year-olds now retiring earlier um, because they, they, they don't want the, the stress of work life, which, you know, it's accentuated that skills gap. Mm. Uh, but apprenticeships, vocational learning is a, is a valid route to that, um, into gaining a skilled workforce. Apprenticeships now in the stigma as well. It's not just new recruits into roles. There's yep. developmental apprenticeships as well now. So, you know, we've got to be looking at retraining engineers into more technical roles, feeding in from the bottom with new new talent. Yeah. But also a massive raft of opportunity in the operative roles as well, as we're starting to reshore some of the uh, engineering manufacturing roles from aboard that, that, that had been exported previously. Um, we've got to be able to service that through skills and competency yeah. here in the engineering sector. So, yeah, apprenticeships are a vital way, um, but they're also, again, through income, we offer managed services. We also offer technical upskilling. So it's not just the apprenticeship route. There are other ways of developing yourselves and your uh, employees to, yeah. to, to progress. Okay. And, I mean, I, I think the whole... The whole notion around, you know, the expense of external recruitment, for example, um, you know, a lot of businesses have this. Uh, it's almost like a leaking ship, isn't it? You know, there's, there's, there's. You can get new talent into a business, but then you're always getting levers, whether that's through retirement or people just move on. And if the skills are going out of the business, um, sometimes external recruitment 
isn't always the the best uh, best answer. Now that's coming from a recruiter, but I, I'm a you know I'm I'm a very strong advocate of actually upskilling and you know getting the most out of your existing workforce, whether that's a leadership team or you know skills on the shop floor. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes businesses can be a little bit too quick to you know to just want to bring in new people, you know, or if they've got you know areas where people aren't really progressing at the rate they want them to, or there's a bit of underperformance. Um, I think some employees can fall foul of that uh, impatience, if you like, of businesses not to invest in you know coaching and mentoring and getting their existing employees up to the you know the very best that they can possibly be. So that whole upskilling piece or cross training it is is really important. So it's good to know that that Incom are actually, uh, you know, providing those sort of services as well. That's really yeah. Good. I mean, attrition rates in manufacturing just before the pandemic was sort of fluttering between eleven and twelve percent. Yeah. Well, for any organisation, you know, you, you you've got to be looking at that and looking to your medium to long term strategy. I know you're going to backfill that skills gap in whatever section of the business that is. Yeah. Again, that's been exasperated post-COVID. Then when we're looking at inflation, wage rises, uh, and, and using recruiters such as yourselves, it, it becomes a rat race in terms of who can afford the best talent at that time. Yeah. When really we're all trying to do more with less as well, which also generates a skills gap for the more technical roles. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've got to be attracting new talent into our sector. And to be feeding it from from the bottom of the funnel upwards, as well as moving people internally throughout the business to give people the opportunity to develop. You know, that takes time, money, love, care and attention. There's no two ways about that. It's not an overnight yeah. fix, but it is a strategy that we nearly all of us have got to play a key part in and adopt to see the success of British manufacturing. Absolutely. What what would you say the main challenges, Gareth, currently with, with getting more youngsters into, you know, technical apprenticeships? What what, yeah. what has there been this drop in take? Yeah, so I mean, it's been declining since around 2016, 17 apprenticeships, especially in the West Midlands Combined Authority and Shropshire regions. There's a couple of key focuses or elements to that. Really, we've had the trailblazer reforms. Yep. on apprenticeships so in engineering specifically you used to gain a level two and a level three qualification and they were both separate and apprenticeships so you had two outputs for the one role if you like yep. as well and now mechatronics maintenance engineer is tool maker it's one apprenticeship so so there is a bit of cloak and dagger there if you like on on, on the fixture uh, on the numbers on the figures but then um functional skills if we look at that piece now and literacy and numeracy youngsters being able to attain that level two functional skills level so there's more people youngsters coming out of school with a, an a to c gcse so making it unachievable to be able to obtain um those levels of, of mass even though they're more than perfectly adequate yeah uh, level being able to access schools was difficult it was difficult pre-pandemic it was most certainly difficult in the pandemic and then you've got this complex education system uh and different avenues you know we're now bringing in t levels you've got a levels there's b techs there's apprenticeships you've got degrees degree apprenticeships yeah and um some fe providers um aren't always aligned in the advice and guidance that they give 
So if you go into a full-time college course, for instance, and then come out and expect to get an apprenticeship, well, that blocks certain funding elements of an apprenticeship because of prior attainment. Right, okay. So, yeah. so you know, that, that all of these little tweaks impact and start causing more more, uh, more barriers to engagement, especially. And as we know, apprenticeships are jobs from day one. Yeah. So more that we could do to offer advice and guidance to learners, um, potential learners, teachers, schools, communities, parents, the more that engineering manufacturing companies can open their doors and show them the magic of what's happening inside their organisations, the better. Because yeah. I think obviously a lot's been left down to local government, local government organisations, uh, training providers uh, and FE providers themselves, when really the magic is where it happens in the engineering manufacturing companies and those are the people that should be showcasing what the industry actually looks like. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And, um, you, you know, you were mentioning some of the uh, the different sort of parties or stakeholders involved in this whole process. I, I remember coming to meet you um, back towards the end of last year and I, I actually wrote down something that you said, which was which was pretty profound. We were talking about... Um, you know, getting new talent in, into the pipeline, getting more youngsters into, you know, apprenticeships. And your, your exact words at the time were, and this was the question that you posed, was how do we engage the disengaged? And I, I, I really love that because it's, you know, it's not, I think a lot of us can, can blame the schools for, for not promoting apprenticeships and not, you know, not promoting engineering and manufacturing it's not just the schools the, you know local businesses have got to do their thing to to really shout about it parents government fe providers media the trade associations uh you know people like me doing podcasts you know there's so many uh, different groups involved and I, I i suppose it's it's that it's a whole education piece isn't it because there's still that stigma around you know why why would i want my kids going into manufacturing it's a dirty trade well, no, it's not. Um, you know, people. Some people see apprenticeships as something of a of a bygone age. I mean, I, I left school in 1986, and apprenticeships were sort of on the dip at that point. My brother, who's older than me, you know, there were lots of apprenticeships. Um, you know, seven, eight years before me. But then we've had this other cycle of, you know, as you say, you know, we, we've been focused on the service sector for far too long. And there's that um, there's that bit of a stigma out there that you know if if you if you don't get good enough grades, uh, you won't be able to go to university. You you know you're not going to amount to anything. You'll have to go and work in a factory or or do an apprenticeship. I mean, what a load of tosh that is. Yeah. You know, apprenticeships can be a a perfectly good route to a job like yours. You know, in in a factory or or in any sort of organisation, you can become an owner of a business, a director, a manager, whatever it might be. And, and I think that apprenticeships, you know, they're, they're teaching you theoretical skills, but they're also teaching you the very, very valuable practical side of things. And you're getting that knowledge transferred from people in businesses that have been doing this, this work for years and years and years. I don't think yeah. there's any substitute for that, is there? You know, and no, no. And I've used that term "engage the disengaged" for many years, as I have done around our vision and strategy, is to be able to bridge the competency gap. Yeah, and that's 
we're all trying to achieve here. And that's what apprenticeships deliver is true competency. And competency is made up of two things, and that's knowledge and experience. Yeah. That's what it really gives you. You've, you've hit the nail on the edge. You know, it's the theatrical or the theory elements plus the practical application of that theory. And you're imparting that as you go through your learning journey. Yeah. Apprenticeships now entry level at level two in manufacturing, engineering, level three. We now deliver a higher level, level fours in HNCs and, and, and engineering, general engineering. You know, we've, we've got relationships with universities now where you can go into HNDs, honours degrees, and um, your you roots there, the amount of business leaders that have come through an engineering manufacturing apprenticeship, or any apprenticeship for that matter, because yeah. they've been that competence throughout the business, is phenomenal. Uh, you know, it should be showcased. We, we want to be built, bigging it up, not yeah. through it down. It's a credible route. It's more than a credible route. Absolutely. So in terms of the individuals, so youngsters, you know, coming out of school or, or thinking about what they might want to do when they leave school, how, how can we, you know, sort of enlighten youngsters about the, the, the main benefits to them of taking up an, an apprenticeship? I mean, we've spoken about, you know, you, you're getting that theoretical and practical experience, but it, it's it's a lot more than that, isn't it? You know, it's a, it's a lot of... Um, I, I suppose mentoring in in a business at an early stage. Um, so, what you know, if you were to sit in front of a, a group of youngsters, how would you how would you sort of describe the opportunities and benefits to to them? So, I think we've all got an ethical and moral obligation, really, to educate people in the opportunities that are available to them, so they can make an educated choice on their career progression or career choice or career route. Yep. You know, that may be somebody that's already in existing employment that wants to look at other opportunities or youngsters that are taking their steps into the first world of work. It, you know, we all know the, the cliche, should we say, around apprenticeships, earn while you learn, don't go to university, the additional costs, etc. But, you know, money aside, yeah, I've already outlined the competency piece to them. If we want to look at this fantastic sector that we're working the amount of job roles that are available in engineering manufacturing, there's nothing, yeah. you know, anything, if you're, if you're artistic, you're an entrepreneur, you know, you've got product design, research and development. If you're good with your hands, you know, you, you can actually be making products on manual machining. If you're technically software competent, you know, there's computer aided design, CAD CAM programming on the CNC. So, you know, and then you look at either sales and marketing, sales in its entirety support staff so business support roles as well yeah the, the subliminal roles and responsibilities within an engineering organization it's all there you can be anything that you want to be yeah it's just taking that to market really as i said it's going to be a tri-party agreement really it's got to be establishments such as ourselves where you know we spend a lot of money annually in terms of resource trying to showcase what we do and, yeah. and that's the good of the sector we know that we're not going to win by bringing everybody into the sector but we stem activities taste the days engineer your future for people that are not in employment and want to have three days of free training just to experience what the engineering manufacturing world looks like yeah absolutely now, different initiatives we, we've even come up with pieces now where 
We've got simple guide to apprenticeships because an apprenticeship in itself can be quite complex. Yeah. But then we've also created the documents on how to recruit talent into your business. So we've tried to put a package together that helps SMEs and micro business is how to make themselves look attractive because yeah. they are to the local community. Because now it's not about just winning sales, it's about winning people. Yeah. And that's got to be an attractive piece. Absolutely. Do, do you think the government are given enough support? I mean, what, what does UK government and, and the education department need to do to, to make it easier for businesses and individuals to access apprenticeships? Yeah, again, I'm going back. We've all got a responsibility to play. We all know the situation that we're in in terms of an economy at the moment, don't we? And yeah. Now that money doesn't grow on trees, so where it gets spent, it's going to have to be effective. Um, so I, I think really, yeah, there could be more aligned, you know, with devolution through the localised and uh, the local enterprise partnerships was a great initiative to try and get funded money to where it's needed most and who's better to sort of know that and the people working and living in those regions. Yeah. But the other element that it has created in some aspects is um, dysfunctional um, learning journeys and what is funded in one region may not be funded in another. And that may be down to a local need. However, it does cause confusion within the employers. So the one thing that government can do is get an aligned strategy, really. I know apprenticeships yeah. are written in law. But you're talking about adult education budget, and we want to, you know, that needs to be spent on upskilling adults that are outside of an apprenticeship before it could have been through an NVQ, National Vocational Qualification. Yep. You know, that should be offered through any robust accredited qualification, really, that will add value to an individual to get them into the economy and provide them. Yeah, absolutely. So, what what uh, what technical disciplines are you sort of mainly focusing on at Incom? Then um, you've got a wide range of you know machining and fabrication, and what, so what sort of what sort of pathways are, are you covering? Okay, so at the moment we've got about forty five apprenticeship pathways. Okay. That could be everything from engineering, manufacturing, leadership, and management up to level six. Um, continuous improvement up to master black belt we touch on quality improvement and then the business support side of things but in terms of engineering manufacturing you know you've got five or six key pathways if you like yeah so you've got um you've got machinist tool making mechatronics technical support and product design so those would be probably the most used yeah. Um, but outside of that as well, income is around creating strategic partnerships with industry to provide industry level training. Um, here, as you can see behind me right now, we've in, in November in partnership with Brandower, we opened a commercial tool room here. Yep. That's a UK's first. So we, we are now upskilling existing engineers in tool making whilst they're working from cradle to grape, pardon the expression. Yeah, um, on a live tool being from design to being made and tried out in a press. So you know that's a first for UK engineering manufacturing training. There's nobody else delivering training on live commercial tooling. How Recent did that come about? Um. Okay. So th there's been a project for a number of years. We we've, we've tried to focus around the tooling sector, 
And post-pandemic, um, there, there was two needs, really. Uh, myself and Ron Crows, who's the CEO of Brandella, they, they, they had a need in terms of themselves. So their tooling, commercial tooling arm was growing. Yeah. And needed to sort of separate that resource from their own tool making and maintenance for their own press tools. Yeah. And also we need we were already underway developing the curriculum for this uh, tool makers um course and the level six tool process design, which was supported by the Confederation of British Malphone. Um so when myself and Rowan spoke about it, it, it was just a match made in heaven, really. Brandair had the need, yep. income the need. And, you know, we're very fortunate that you've got Rowan Crows here and Stuart Berry from Brandauer that have put their intellectual property on the line because they understand that tool making is a dying trade in the UK. Yeah. If You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. So they've actually been willing to put their intellectual property into this, which, you know, we've been drawing out of them now for the, at least the last 12 months and putting it down into a curriculum. Sure. To, to, to feedback. And I have to say, the first cohort kicks off on the 20th of March. Right. Uh, and that's about reskilling. So we're not losing engineers out of the sector. We're reskilling existing engineers how to become tool makers. So it's not, that's not an apprenticeship. That's a professional program initially. And these are people that haven't been involved in tool making previously. They've been working in, uh, in the factory, but not in the tool room is that right so it's a, it's a new... yeah yeah there could have been maintenance engineers there could have okay. been etc but then also um and, and this is where sort of apprenticeship in the tool and die sector or the pathway standard has maybe failed industry in some way because all the owners has been on the employer to deliver the specialist tool making yeah. element yeah um so you know we've got uh individuals that have come out of a tool making apprenticeship but have only maybe machined or, or wired uh, or or not designed sorry or measured within a tool room not actually where the magic happens and putting all those parts together putting it in the press and trying it out and getting the press yeah. to work really efficiently yeah. so that's the piece that we're teaching so we will be taking them through the process from design the manufacturing process bill of material um but then they'll be going through hard machining soft machining EDM, CMM, and then onto the bench to actually complete the tool and to try it in the press. So, um, yeah, yeah, very, very interesting model, and we look forward to taking that properly to market and, and you know, giving the impact that the economy deserves. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, the the, the UK uh, manufacturing engineering sector has needed something like this for for tool making for forever. I mean, I, I came into recruitment in nineteen ninety nine and it was a, a real struggle to find tool makers back then, you know, and, and most of them were sort of approaching retirement age at that point. Well, they were certainly, you know, uh, in their late forties, fifties, there wasn't any, you know, new sort of talent coming through. So this is, this is absolutely, you know, music to my ears. Uh, what, a, yeah. what a great idea. And, uh, uh, hats off to, you know, to, to Rowan and the team over at Brandauer for the, for the collaboration with you. Um, so we'll look forward to following that and, hearing about the successes of cohort number one over the coming months. Um, that's yeah, brilliant. It's an exciting partnership. We hope it delivers everything it, uh, it should do for British manufacturing. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of income as, as an organisation then, um, uh, Gareth, what, what's the philosophy at income? What, what makes you a, a training and business services provider of choice? 
Okay, so income training and uh, income training services was established well in its current form in 1982. We've got a long heritage. Um, I think it's the relationships that we've built with organisations over a period of years. You know, like any relationship, you're going to go through difficult times, but it's actually what you do together to be able to get through that. Yeah. Um, the quality of the individuals that are delivering the training. We only employ industry experienced professionals. And then we actually take the time to nurture, educate, and develop those to become incompetent assessors, coaches, trainers. Yeah. So, uh, if somebody's delivering a mechatronics pathway, they will have been a maintenance engineer in their for in their former industrial life. So that's a massive ad- advantage. Um, the equipment, the world the world class equipment that we we've got in our facilities now, we've partnered with a number of machine tool companies to be able to gain access and purchase that equipment. But we've been yeah. very fortunate during the model to be able to use those engineers for technical support, upskilling our staff, um, but also connecting them with industry. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, we try to stay close and really understand our clients. Um, you know, we, we, we really want to understand the barriers to engagement, the needs. So we're a very dynamic organisation in terms of how we will deliver things how we will deliver certain programs to get the best output for the learner and industry alike. So when you start building up um, these different strands, really, to make us unique from other providers, then that, that's the belief why we feel that, that we exist in the form that we do. Yeah, brilliant. And on, on the training that you provide, well, whether that's... Let's let's look at... So you've got the apprenticeships, then you've got the other sort of, you know, the leadership management training and those sort of those sort of things. Yeah. In terms of the leadership and management, what... I mean, how is that delivered? Is that online or in person? What how, How's that sort of facilitated? Yeah, so the three things that income deliver apprenticeships, technical upskilling courses and managed services. So managed services is a consultancy type offering across health and safety, quality, and also um, skills auditing. Okay. It's not a consultancy where we'll come in, do an audit and leave you with the task to do. We actually handhold our clients on implementing and installing systems, processes, and training. Yep. So that's one niche. Our courses, obviously, throughout the pandemic, we, we had to very quickly, like most people, turn to digital. And now we've got more of a, a blended learning, if you like. Some is done virtually. Um, but we're a face-to-face organisation. We want to get to know people, understand people, see the people's whites of their eyes. And, you know, there's been a yeah. bit of press lately in the BBC coming from the Department for Education about provision being solely digital. Right. And um, that, that's not currently a pathway, pathway that we want to take where everything is solely digital. So we do work face-to-face with our clients. But as I say, when you've got clients dotted all around the UK, um, whilst we deliver some virtually, we ensure that they come together at least once a quarter. Yep. Face-to-face meetings and talk sessions. So outside of engineering manufacturing as i've already alluded to we deliver continuous improvement quality compliance safety compliance uh business support leadership and management and each one of those sectors has got industry professionals in the inside the business brilliant okay well thanks for sharing that and uh, you know we're, we're just coming off the back of the the launch of the new telford facility what what else have you got planned for this year then a- a- anything in the pipeline any any new services 
you know, training courses? What what's uh, what, what's up your sleeve that you can talk okay, about? So, yeah, we've just formally no- launched Incom Telford. Yep. Um, that project was originally set up and hosted in, in Bridge North by an industrial partnership. So that was uh, Grandeur Moral Classic Motor Cars and Salad Design and Engineering. Yep. Um, but during the pandemic, unfortunately, they had to focus on their own businesses. So that was a project that Incom took on and moved it to Telford. Um, but again, we have to give special thanks to those organisations because without those, there would be investment in time, money, love, sweat and tears. It would yeah. never have been born. So we have got a fantastic offering in Shropshire now. And we've also got Shrewsbury uh, in partnership with Salad Design and Engineering. And what we've got there is we, we've created a niche here for UK manufacturing in the tool room. And we're going to market now and opening our doors through the Skill Steering Group over in Telford to offer something niche for UK manufacturing there. So whilst we've got tooling here, we are we are uh, we have a call to arms out, should we say, currently to say, if you feel your sector has got a skill shortage and, and you want to discuss that and see how we can collaborate to do something about it, we're, we're an open door. So yeah. on the 20th of March, we kick off the first cohort of the 20-week toolmaker course. In September of this year, we deliver and start delivering the level six, which is a degree level apprenticeship in tool process design. Yep. In April of this year, we are also going to launch a partnership with the first tier supplier to the automotive sector on a training academy there. Um, we've got the Income Awards on the 7th of July, our annual awards, which we, we have a turnout 400 strong now to celebrate industry and the learners. Yep. Um, and then the rest, you're going to have to watch this space. The rest is uh, still under development. But after the last few years, I think taking the bold steps to invest in, in, in developing a, a facility during the midst of the pandemic. And yeah. I give credit to all of our employees that stuck with us for the vision. I'm delivering that because it was a dark time when none of us really knew what, we, what uh, the world was going to look like when we came out the other end. Yeah. Um, we need a period of, uh, of stability and uh, allow the business to breathe a little, really, um, before we go again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you've achieved so much, you know, these these new facilities and, uh, as you say, the, the collaboration with industry. It's all fantastic and, you know, great a great platform to go out shouting to, you know, the sector, but also to, to try and get more youngsters into, you know, into apprenticeships and, and training. So you're, you're all doing fantastic work. I, I was, uh, you know, very, very pleased to have came over and had a, a, a tour with you at, at Aldridge uh, back in, I think it was the end of November uh, last year. And I have to say, what, what a great, what a great facility, you know, and oh, I'm yeah. sure the, the other two are exactly the same. Yeah, if I if I was a parent with a uh, you know a, a youngster looking to do an apprentice apprenticeship, I'd have no issues sending them along to income. You know, um, very 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 professional. Yeah, that's very kind of you to say. Thank you very much, Jeff. No, you're very welcome. So, uh, I mean, it's it's been a pleasure to talk to you today, Gareth. I mean, that pretty Thank much you. wraps up our uh, uh, our discussion today. So, I hope you've enjoyed the this week's episode. Thanks again to Gareth Jones from Incom Training and uh, Business Services. Thank you for listening. Look out for the next episode of Insights for Manufacturing. See you next time and bye-bye.